Hey there, podcast listeners. Since the time of recording this episode, we've changed our name to be Truest Leadership Institute. You can learn more about this podcast and about the Truest Leadership Institute by visiting us on the web at truestleadershipinstitute.com. And now, back to the episode. Welcome to Leadership Amplitude. I'm your host, Anna Sladen, and I'm thrilled to be starting a four-part series on talent management featuring our guests, Bev Wise and Ramonda Kaiser. Let's get started by meeting Ramonda and Bev. So Ramonda, you've been on the show a couple times now. Yes. So most of our listeners will probably already be familiar, but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, thank you. Um, I'm Ramonda Kaiser. been with the Institute for um, 10 and a half years. Um, I do executive coaching, team building, leadership workshops, change management, you name it, I do it. And we have a new guest today, Bev Wise. Welcome, Bev. Oh, thank you, Anna. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I've only been with the Institute about three, maybe three and a half months, joined <laughs> in November, uh, actually moved to North Carolina from Pennsylvania, where I had a fairly lengthy career in um, human resource management consulting, leadership consulting and development. Right now I'm working for the Institute, uh, running the talent management consulting division. Wonderful. Well, you've been very valued on the team. We've really enjoyed having you so far and glad to have you here on the podcast with us. And I think you're going to be sharing, both of you are going to be sharing a topic that is really important right now in terms of uh, talent management, but not just kind of that buzzword of talent management, but the strategy behind it. Is that what we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. All of it. All of it. All of it. <laughs> well, we want to demystify it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're setting out to do today because so often uh, industries like ours use buzzwords and it, it makes it either confusing or seem unapproachable for companies, you know, smaller businesses, mid-market companies who really don't understand what it means. So basically what, and very simply what it means is your company's approach to acquiring, keeping, engaging the talent or the people that you need to accomplish your business objectives. Ramonda, anything else that I'm I'm really missing? Just making sure we have the right people in the right seats and that we keep those people and we create a pipeline for the same great talent that our organizations needs as they grow. Right. And, and we think of talent broadly. People say, well, why don't you just say employees? Well, you may use consulting talent. You may use external vendors and resources. It doesn't always have to be employees. Most of our companies take a traditional employment approach, but you know, talent comes from all different avenues and it's just making sure that you have that the skills, the experience, and the know-how that you need to accomplish your business goals. So is this just referring to like the hiring and the firing? No, it's really, it's really more than that. Right. It's, um, in later podcasts, we'll get into like the life cycle of what talent management looks like, but it starts with just attracting. How do you attract the right people to want to come to your company? How do you retain them? How do you develop them? How do you nurture and grow them? Even exiting your talent, whether it is they self-select to exit via retirement or they move on somewhere else or exit with downsizing. How do you exit talent and do it in a um, cohesive manner? Absolutely. Most companies have 
some form of financial strategy. They have a fi- financial goals, something they're trying to accomplish. It may be as simple as for the next budget year, what they want to achieve as far as revenue growth and bottom line growth. Most companies have some kind of customer strategy, uh, whether it's relationship management or we're going to compete on value or we're going to compete on cost. They have some form of customer strategy, but the missing piece, and I often call it the three-legged stool. So they have the financial piece, they have the customer piece, but they don't give that proactive thinking to the employee piece. And that's what this is. So when I went to apply for my very first job, my mom had to drive me all over town mm-hmm. and I had to get out of the car and take my little resume in and introduce myself and had a little speech and then hope that they called me back. And so it seems like, you know, at that time I could only really apply for jobs within about a three mile radius because my mom would lose patience after that. But now, you know, I think it's so much easier to apply for jobs and your network is so much broader. You've got these great online options now. And most companies, it seems like everybody's moved to online applications. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the difference that we've seen over the last few years in talent management in terms of acquisition. Well, there wasn't a strategy for talent management or um, talent acquisition when you were going around with your mom looking for jobs. It was just who walked through the door. It was who walked through the door or who knew who, um, or maybe a job fair on a campus that was close to that employer. Or if an employer had an opening, they advertised it in the newspaper. In the paper. In the local paper. Exactly. And that's in print, not in digital. Right. That's right. (laughs) And that's how they counted on receiving resumes or walk-in folks like yourself, and filling out applications for that particular opening. Fast forward to what we experience today, and companies, first of all, start, uh, that are really active in talent management, really start by who are we as an employer? They think about what their employment brand is. They market themselves. Um, and their brand and their reputation to attract the right person with a set of values that fit their culture. Exactly. So that takes them understanding who they are mm-hmm. as an employer. And it's not just about the salary and benefits they offer, but what's the environment like to work in? And we ought to almost demystify culture when we talk about this too. It's the way it feels to work here mm-hmm. in, in a particular company, the way decisions are made, the way employees collaborate or work together? Do they work independently? Do they work interdependently? Are we innovative? Are we slower to change? All of those different factors really make up a culture and understanding that as a company, what your culture is, what it's like to work there, and how you can utilize that to market to prospective talent is the really the start of a good talent management strategy. Because you want to make sure you find the right fit. And I would say that our larger organizations have a more savvy approach to talent management than what our middle market um, customers may have. Yeah. They're more proactive, our larger organizations, because they have built that process out versus our middle markets who are more reactive 
in finding talent. Yeah, and and your larger companies have done a lot of work on the marketing side, that Mm -hmm. customer side as it relates to their brand. So they understand that proactiveness of getting their brand out there to customers. So all they need to do is kind of shift that and understand what their brand is from an employment perspective and shift it that way. Plus, they're more known. Uh, and again, I've been, we won't repeat brand names on the podcast, but when you think of some of your nationally known brands, they're the folks that have an easier time attracting talent. And our mid-market companies who have grown over the years and don't necessarily enjoy that same brand recognition, they have more trouble in, um, in understanding this approach. Yeah. You know, as, as you were talking, I was reflecting on how the marketing and talent can sometimes overlap, thinking about instances over the last few years where an organization had, they made a talent decision. Um, they, let's say they, you know, a large company terminated somebody, their spouse went onto their Facebook page and all of a sudden they've completely lost control of the narrative as well as their Facebook because people were so outraged by the way that they handled that talent decision. So it seems like nowadays you it cannot afford to not have a sound strategy when you approach just because of the way that we share information these days. Well, and you even find a lot of employers who have screening mechanisms out on social media so that they can find things that are being said about them, whether Safeguard. it's yeah, right, <laughs> whether it's by customers or by former employee, former or current employees. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's different in that way too. The other thing our mid-market companies often struggle with is the sophistication of the human resources department. And that's not in any way meant to be a slight for the folks that work in human resources in in mid-market companies. But mid-market companies are on a growth trajectory. They are the fastest growing segment in the United States. That that workforce development absolutely of job creation of all of it. So and that's from a small size of 10 million in revenue to up to a billion. So it's a that's a wide, a wide range there. But those companies um, often have grown from a smaller place and where their human resources talent is often administrative in nature. They take care of the compensation. They take care of the benefits. There are a lot of compliance elements with human resources. So you do need to have very sharp people in, in you know, kind of minding the P's and Q's of those compliance areas like, like uh, compensation and benefits. But they haven't really necessarily put human resources in a strategic position in the C-suite or at that executive table to really uh, look at this proactive way of... And to help guide and shape the HR perspective of our middle market clients. I will say as a senior consultant, I see more of our larger clients not having such a issue with talent management because they've been proactive with that strategy. But with our middle market clients, they've grown exponentially in their business and so quickly with their customers that unfortunately it's just become forgotten. And then when they need to rev it up, it's, uh oh, what do we do? And it's more of reactive. That makes sense though, because I imagine if you are going through tremendous growth, the person who 
maybe was doing the hiring when you were just like a one location mm-hmm. shop is probably your operations manager as you grow rapidly or a generalist, a generalist, mm-hmm. as you grow rapidly, you're, you're just trying to keep up with the pace of things instead of coming at it from a, let's take a step back and strategically approach this. Well, and to that point, Ramonda, the other thing that they haven't often developed is the internal development from within function yes. so that they, as they're growing rapidly, they're looking for somebody who they can hit the ground running, come into the organization, hit the ground running, and they don't necessarily look to their own internal pool of talent and think about developing them into those roles. Mm-hmm. So they're in that reactive hiring mode and uh, their own internal employees may be getting passed over for opportunities that uh, would help to engage them more uh, for that employer. One other thing that we shouldn't forget about either is because of that reactive nature, because of the rapid growth and the reactive nature of hiring from outside, they also haven't developed that uh infrastructure or those relationships with like local educational institutions where they could get interns and put them in the pipeline for future apprenticeships. talent. Apprenticeships, exactly. Um, trade associations. Mm-hmm. They haven't developed those proactive relationships so that those schools or trade associations or those types of institutions that may be able to provide them a supply of talent don't know about them. It's almost like you don't know what you don't know, which is kind of where we come in. We help offer a strategy and some perspectives, let you see where your opportunities are with talent management and help you strategically and tactically attack it. I hope you're enjoying our four-part series on demystifying talent management with Bev Wise and Ramonda Kaiser from the BB&T Leadership Institute. We're going to continue to have a great series over the next three episodes, ending with part four, where I will ask some questions about talent management that I've always wondered about to see if they can demystify the topic or if maybe I can stump them. Now, if you have questions about talent management that you would like answered, please feel free to email us at leadershipinstitute at bbnt.com. That's leadershipinstitute at bbandt.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll make sure to get you connected with Bev or Ramonda to get the answers you're looking for. For show notes or for additional information, please visit us at bbtleadershipinstitute.com. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of the BBT Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.